Today, we're going to take a game design look at health systems. Hey everyone, I hope you're doing well. Welcome to the 45th episode of the Game Dev Field Guide. I am your host, Zaccavelli. You can find me on Twitter at underscore Zaccavelli underscore and tune in for the occasional Game Dev stream. That's twitch.tv slash Zaccavelli underscore. Also recently I've started putting um, episodes up on YouTube, just the podcast with a nice little like visual background. So if listening to podcasts on YouTube is more your thing, you can go check that out. My YouTube channel is just called Zaccavelli, and the podcast will be a little behind, actually about 40 <laughs> episodes behind, but I should be pumping them out pretty quick, so we should catch up sooner rather than later. Lastly, I just wanted to mention that we have an open community Discord. There's an invite link in the show notes. And it's a really good community of beginner to intermediate game devs. So if you're looking for a place to join in and maybe learn from others or maybe even mention some tips for others or just talk about game dev in general, it's just a really good place to meet other devs. It's also where we host the Game Dev Challenge. And with the intro out of the way, let's move on over to the Game Dev Challenge. The Game Dev Challenge is the part of the show where I provide a prompt or challenge to the listeners, and they submit a post on the community Discord, and we vote on the posts, and I read the winner on the next episode. Episode's 44 Game Dev Challenge was to sketch and design a multiplayer FPS map or an open world map or a single player stealth or any other kind of level design you could think of. But what we really were trying to do is get people to annotate their sketches with lessons we learned from the show, like primary and secondary paths, breadcrumbing, and landmarks, or at least explain a little bit about it and use those lessons that we learned from the show. And we actually have two winners for episode 44, and that is Eco Werewolf and Captain Ripley. And they were kind of two last-minute posts, but they were both such high-quality that I was really impressed and I just decided to give the win to both of them. So yeah, they are so high quality that I would really encourage you to go onto the Discord and look at them yourselves. But I'll try to quickly sum up each of the posts. First we have Eco Werewolf. And Eco Werewolf's post was sort of a conceptualization of a map system within a 2D side-scrolling horror game. Eco Werewolf wanted something that played a little different every time, but didn't want to work with procedural generation because they felt like that was out of their current skill level. So how they decided to change things up was with dynamic storytelling, having different clues in each room. This would work by having the corridor transitions that connect the rooms have little signals that might give you some hints or clues, uh, one time around, it's a dead body near the door you need to go through. The next time, the next time it's a whisper leading you in a certain direction or lights going out. Basically, it's subtle environmental details, and it's kind of that idea of breadcrumbing that we mentioned in episode 44. 
Eco Werewolf also attached um, some sketches that look really cool and have all sorts of notes and annotations on them. So yeah, you should definitely go and check it out. The other winner was Captain Ripley, who submitted a design for an FPS map. In episode 44, we talked about FPS maps and how they need to have nice flow from fire positions. And Captain Ripley really focused on what they mentioned as loops and options. And their multiplayer map design also features a large tower, which is a good, not only fire position, but also a good landmark for being able to tell where you're at on the map at a glance. If you know in your head where everything is relative to the tower, that makes it easier for players to navigate and build their mental map because they know where they are from the tower. What I really, really liked about Captain Ripley's post is they included some sort of sketches of player views. They actually sketched first-person perspectives of the map from a player's perspective. And uh, yeah, I think it's really cool. There's one from the tower. There's one from the opposite end of the map looking at the tower. And yeah, it just really helps you get a perspective on the scale of everything and the position of the map. And I thought this was another really high-quality post. So congrats to Captain Ripley and Eco Werewolf for winning the Episode 44 Game Dev Challenge. For Episode 45's Game Dev Challenge, I want you to take a current health system from one of your favorite games and redesign it to be more simulated or more abstract. Later in today's episode, we're going to talk about how health systems kind of fit on a spectrum between totally simulated and totally abstract, and I thought it'd be cool to maybe redesign some classic health systems with sort of this new twist, kind of shifting them on that spectrum. So maybe you take a Pokemon-like health system and make it more simulated, or maybe you take the health system from a survival game where it's really simulated and you dial it back down to something more abstract. I really like these game design challenges where we take already existing games and kind of twist their design because I think it gives a good common ground for people to talk about their ideas because if you pick a popular game then it's a game that we all know and have played then it makes it easier to understand your ideas because the base idea is somewhat the same. So anyways, yeah, if you have a good idea for a redesign of a health system of your favorite game, you can go on to the Open Community Discord, go to the Game Dev Challenge channel, and submit your post. We will vote on it as a community, and the winner will be read on episode 46. With the Game Dev Challenge out of the way, let's move on over to the body of the episode. Today's episode is about health systems in video games. And I wanted to do kind of a overview of them and how they're classified and designed in my eyes because I think there's a lot of room for innovation. And even if you're not looking to make the next most innovative health system, it can be a critical feature to how your game works and I think it's important to understand how health systems are designed and how they work within a game, as far as the game design anyways. First, let's start by talking about what a health system really is and why we even have one. Let's start with the why we even have one point. 
A health system allows for a buffer from the failure state. The failure state is just a term for any condition in the game where you lose. Having a buffer from losing is nice for the player because it allows them to get feedback and apply it in real time. It's also really jarring and crushing for the player to have like an instant loss state. Like think about a bullet hell spaceship game. If you lost the game the first time the spaceship got hit, that would be frustrating, but a health system provides somewhat of a buffer so that you can get hit, learn that the bullets hurt you, and that you should dodge them, and maybe learn a boss's spray pattern, and then you get a few more chances to do so before you lose. I like to think of health systems as a progress bar to the failure state. And to be clear, I'm talking about the health system for the player character, uh, which is why I think of it as the progress bar to the failure state. So in other words, it's sort of an indicator for how close you are to losing. Sometimes it's literally a progress bar. This would be like a health bar or a number value. And health systems like this, I think, are classified as abstract health systems. I call them this because they do what they say. They abstract the health of the character. They are opposed on a spectrum to simulated health systems, which as indicated by their name, simulate health. This would be where your organs, blood, mental condition, or any other factors are simulated. You don't die because your health reached zero. You die because your heart stopped, your brain was destroyed, you lost your blood, etc. Some games' health systems have a mixed and matched simulation and abstraction. And really, simulated health systems have to be abstracted at some point. Because real-life health is ridiculously complex, and unless you can build a full-on simulation of life itself, which (laughs) would require you to basically be a god and have a Dyson sphere worth of electricity and computing power, you're going to have to abstract your simulation of health at some point. And all that is to say that you can classify a health system based on where and how that line is drawn between abstraction and simulation. Just to give you an example, let's put some games on the spectrum. Let's stick to the shooter genre so that the comparisons work well. At the start of the spectrum, basically a 100% abstraction, you have a game like Classic Doom. You have 100 health, stuff hits you, and your health value goes down by a points value. Further along the spectrum, you have something like Call of Duty. You still have a point value of health and getting shot decreases it, but now it matters where you get shot. In the leg is not as big of damage taken as getting shot in the head. This has moved a little bit further from the total abstraction to something more simulated. Further towards the simulation end of the spectrum, we have something like Fallout, where your limbs have their own health pools, and once that reaches zero, you start to suffer negative status effects. Going even further up the spectrum from Fallout is a game like DayZ, where your limbs, your blood, your immune system, as well as your food and water can all have various effects on your health, and they offer multiple pathways to dying. I think it's important to understand that none of these health systems are inherently better than others just because of where they are at on the spectrum. Rather, I think these health systems all work good because they're in the perfect place between simulation and abstraction, 
for their corresponding game and genre. DayZ is a zombie apocalypse survival simulator, so it makes sense that it would have a more simulated health system. Doom is a fast-paced arena shooter, and it would be weird to have to spend 20 minutes mending a broken limb in that game because it doesn't really fit the pacing. Now, like all rules or lessons I say on the show, they can and should be broken. Maybe, for instance, it'd be really cool to make an arena shooter where you do have to make sure you're sanitizing water before you drink it. But I think understanding the abstraction simulation spectrum will help you decide maybe what kinds of health systems will be more suited for your game instead of a hard rule of the kind of system you should use. Abstract health systems work good for fast-paced games with simple and focused gameplay, whereas simulated health systems work better for slower-paced games where you have the time to appreciate the complexity and decision-making. A lot of games will find themselves in the middle with certain parts of their health system simulated for game design depth, but also certain parts abstracted for simplicity. So now that we know the general classifications of health systems, let's actually take a look at some common mechanics, how they're implemented, and maybe help you think about how you might add these mechanics to your games. The first mechanic I want to touch on is recovery mechanics. These generally follow the same abstraction simulation spectrum that I mentioned before. In abstracted health games like Call of Duty, you recover health by hiding somewhere and not getting shot and it automatically regenerates. Or you might have an abstracted health recovery like a potion. A potion automatically restores a point value on your health regardless of what hurt you or where is hurt. It kind of abstracts that and just makes it simple so that the potion is just a straight up recovery. Abstract recovery systems work well for a lot of games because they require less game knowledge to get your player back into having fun. Since theoretically your player is having the most fun at full health capacity. You want to give them a simple and effective way to get to that full health capacity. The key, I think, is that in these games, the fun doesn't lie in how you recover your health, just what happens after you recover it. On the other end is simulated health recovery, like in DayZ. Part of the fun in DayZ, in my opinion, is what you do after you've been hurt. If you have a wound, you need to find a way to stop the bleeding, but clean medical supplies are rare in the apocalypse. So you have to take a dirty jacket off a dead body and rip it into rags, disinfect the rags. And then you can cover your wound, but that's just how you stop from losing blood. You have to then go find food and water and rest for a while before you're healed. In a simulated system like that, the decision making, the knowledge on how to do it, and the chaos of actually doing it all make for moments in the game that are really fun and really fit the apocalyptic survival feel of the game. In other words, the gameplay is in the recovery system. I think for scope management reasons, most indie and hobby game devs stick to abstracted and simple recovery systems that allow the player to get back into the gameplay rather than being the gameplay. And like I said, that makes sense from a scope perspective. Um, In other words, it's easier for a lot of games to have an abstracted health recovery system, and a lot of times it's not necessary for a simulated system. Still, at the beginning of this episode, I mentioned how I think there's a lot of room for innovation in health systems, and I think deeper recovery systems with maybe slightly more simulated elements might be where innovation can take place. 
and they could just be little changes that I think would be uh, really cool. And you have seen some games start to make innovations on health recovery. But let's give an example of what it might look like. Maybe you have an abstract health system where you regenerate health when you don't get hit. But maybe we kind of flip that on its head. And when you have low health, you actually want to incentivize the player to play more aggressive to get health. I think something similar like that works in the newer Doom games where you're rewarded with health for melee kills. So when you're on low health, you're actually being incentivized to play much more aggressive. Some other ways we might do it off the top of our head, we could have spells that do different kinds of damage, and in order to recover the damage, you have to use the right corresponding potion instead of one potion that fits all. Maybe you have to use an antidote for poisons, holy water for evil magic. Small changes like this, I think, can make your health system a lot deeper and a lot more interesting from a game design standpoint. And like I said, I think there's a lot of room for innovation, especially in the recovery systems. The next mechanic I want to talk about when it comes to health systems is status effects. Status effects are a good way to make your health system and game a little bit deeper without having to go too far down the simulation hole. If you don't know what a status effect is, they can be found in lots of JRPGs. It's like when a character gets poisoned or stunned or put to sleep. Status effects really are just conditions that sort of change up the gameplay of a character. And status effects work well because they offer the ability to give your player a temporary setback or challenge that isn't just a loss of health. They have the power to make players play the game differently or with new restrictions. And these restrictions often make for interesting decision-making and deeper gameplay. They also can have what I mentioned before in more interesting recovery mechanics. You can't just heal away poison in most cases, for instance. You have to actually cure it. Oftentimes, a status effect can lead to something worse if unaddressed. And this is a good way to abstract something that I think most people are familiar with with their own health. An untreated wound, sickness, or injury oftentimes just gets worse. I think that's an interesting example of how simulating real-life health, that sort of cause and effect, but also abstracting it enough so that it's more game-digestible, I guess. So yeah, status effects work really good for changing up the gameplay especially if your game is really character driven and it's not too hard of a thing to implement and you don't have to go super deep in the simulation hole but it does allow for some degree of simulating. Speaking of degrees of simulation, let's talk about the next mechanic which is limb damage. Limb damage is when you separate damage and apply it to different places like your arms, legs, torso, or head. Limb systems are interesting because I think they work well in both fast-paced games and slower-paced games. Fast-paced, the stuff I have in mind, are shooters. Um, it makes you consider where you shoot or strike and offers some deeper precision to the gameplay. In slow-paced strategy games, limb damage offers interesting decision-making. Like, do you spread out all your armor or focus on protecting areas like the chest and head? Limb systems also combine well with the pre-mentioned status effects. Damage to your head, for instance, might leave the player concussed. 
damage to the legs might make them run slower. Some games might even allow for limbs to be completely removed. This provides for gameplay by offering unique consequences and challenges, but I think it also allows for cooler recovery mechanics. For instance, if you lost a limb, you might temporarily lose certain abilities, but if you added prosthetics, now you have a chance to gain new abilities off your temporary setback. Maybe you lose an arm, meaning you can no longer swing a sword, but you can replace it with a Mega Man style gun and now the gameplay has switched up. I think it can be an organic and interesting way of allowing the player to customize the gameplay. So yeah, the gist of limb systems is that for targeting damage, they work good in fast-paced games, but they can also have a strategic element that makes strategy games and decision-making a little more interesting, especially when combined with status effects and maybe even the ability to replace limbs. Now, the next two mechanics I have for you related to health systems I think are a little more involved in terms of design, but they're really cool in my opinion, so I wanted to mention them. The first idea is the idea of a health economy. This is a game mechanic where you can spend your health for other improvements. I think there's a really awesome risk-reward situation related to this mechanic because you're basically balancing your progress bar to a loss with the ease of winning. This works great for games with equipment and items also because it's sort of a natural balancing force. Really good items that make fights easier cost a lot of health and therefore they make the game have a less margin for error but also more room for skill and power fantasies. It's just a cool idea and I always love seeing it in games. Binding of Isaac has a really interesting health economy where you can spend hearts to get items and go through doors. There's some really cool um, builds in Path of Exile where instead of spending your mana pool, you're spending life. And I've always liked that theme actually of powerful magic being detrimental to your health. And I think it fits well from both a narrative and game design standpoint for video games. So if you're thinking about a health economy, maybe that's a good direction to take it. Tie your skills to costing health instead of costing mana. A health economy also has really interesting implications for health recovery, as when you recover life, you're effectively earning currency that can be spent. So yeah, there's a lot of really cool things to think about related to a game with a health economy mechanic. And it's something I'm really interested in. If you know of a game off the top of your head that has a really cool health economy, send me a tweet at underscore Zachavelli underscore. Or now that I'm putting the podcasts on YouTube in a while when I catch up and this one's on YouTube, just leave it in the comment section. That could be a really good place to kind of have these conversations. Another good place would be the advanced discussion channel on the community discord. There's an invite link in the show notes. But yeah, I really want to have this conversation. Let's think of some cool health economy in games because it's something that I really, really like. Earlier, I mentioned a point about Daisy where I said it has multiple ways to the failure state with its simulated health system. You could die from sickness, starvation, a gunshot, a zombie attack, 
I think this multiple pass idea is interesting, and it's the second sort of more involved health mechanic that I want to talk about. I think you could take this a step further and have multiple health measures. An example might be a physical health bar and a mental health bar. Darkest Dungeon, I think, is a good example with something like this. In Darkest Dungeon, you have a stress meter, and when it reaches the max, the character sort of goes insane and is given some kind of debuff status. This usually makes them a total liability to the party, and I think it's a really cool idea to have to manage multiple meters, I guess, representing your health. Mental health, I think, is an extremely topical subject these days, and it'll be relatable for a lot of the audience, and I think a really cool way to explore mental health would be to have multiple health bars or a multi-health bar system where you could have one with a physical health bar and one with a mental health bar. Imagine the lessons learned from playing a game where you beat the game with a full physical health bar, but an empty mental health bar. I'm not actually sure how well it would work in an actual game. Like, it might be really tedious to have to balance both. But I think the point of this episode is to point out interesting health mechanics, and I think that could be one of them if just given a lot of thought and polish. Speaking of giving things thought and polish, the last thing I want to talk about today is how to apply all of these health mechanics we learned about. You might think that a game with a good health system would have all of the things that I mentioned today in it, but that wouldn't be true. I think what you have to keep in mind is a well-designed system of any kind in game dev is a system that only includes mechanics that serve a purpose. A good example, I think, or I guess a bad example, I think, is what we see with a lot of food and water mechanics in games. For a while, when survival games were really hot, there was a lot of games with food and water mechanics that I think were just unnecessary. Food and water mechanics, of course, are the ones where you have to drink and eat to stay alive. And the problem with this during the sort of survival games era is that was like for a lot of people, the only qualification for being a survival game. And because survival games were hot, every game seemingly had a food and drink system, even when it was totally unnecessary. And they oftentimes didn't serve a purpose to the game. Food and water is, of course, fine in a true survival game where there's fishing, hunting, maybe agriculture. The point of the game is to simulate like you are surviving. But if there's just food and water because you're playing a human character and humans have to eat and drink and you want to simulate that, I think that is a mistake. It's an example of going too far down the simulation spectrum when you don't need to. So I guess the key point of that is don't add health mechanics just for the sake of adding them. Make sure they serve a purpose in the game and interact with its other system or the overall experience. The number one thing to focus on with the health systems, I think, is finding that sweet spot on the abstraction and simulation spectrum where the game is simulated enough to be interesting but abstracted enough to be simple and digestible according to the experience that your game is aiming to provide. So we talked about a lot today. Let's just go back over some of the key points. 
today's episode was about health systems and video games. And remember that a health system is sort of a buffer from the failure state. Having this buffer is nice because it allows the player to make real-time adjustments and doesn't give that jarring and crushing feeling of an instant defeat. I like to think of a health system as a sort of progress bar to losing. In other words, it's an indicator to how close you are to getting a game over. In cases where it's a literal progress bar or countdown from a number, these are examples of abstract health systems. They are opposed by simulated health systems, and simulated health systems are ones where the numbers are sort of more hidden, and it's more like it is in real life, where you're or you have organs, you have blood, you have maybe limbs, you have a mental condition. In fully simulated health systems, you don't die because you ran out of health points, you died because you lost too much blood, or your brain was irreversibly damaged. Most games, I think, find themselves somewhere in the middle of the simulation and abstraction, and you can classify a health system in a game by where and how that line is drawn between abstraction and simulation. Remember that health systems aren't inherently better because of where they are in the spectrum. They're better because they've picked the right spot on the spectrum for their genre or overall game design. Survival simulators have more simulated health systems because it makes sense for the genre, where fast-paced shooters have more abstract ones. Remember that we touched on several mechanics that are common in health systems, the first one being recovery mechanics. Recovery mechanics follow the same sort of abstraction and simulation spectrum. On the abstract end, we have one-size-heals-all, like potions. And on the simulation side, we have systems where you have to deal with the problems individually, like stopping the blood loss, cleaning the wound, eating food and water and rest to recover. The key difference is that in simulated recovery systems, the gameplay is in how you recover. It's fun to figure that out. In abstract recovery systems, it's more fun to play the game with a full health capacity, so stuff like potions are just a way to get back to that and sort of balance the game. We also talked about status effects and how they're a good way to provide your player with a temporary setback or challenge that isn't just a straight loss of health. Remember that status effects work well with limb systems, and limb systems are where you can separate things based on the limbs of a character. In shooting games, headshots are worth more damage. In strategy games, maybe you want to wear a helmet if you only have access to a certain amount of armor. Maybe you want to wear a helmet over things that protect your legs. The last two mechanics I mentioned were health economies. This is where you can spend life to acquire items or power-ups or use powerful magic. Health economy is one of my favorite features in a health system, and I think there's a really cool risk-reward dynamic. And we also talked about maybe the idea of playing with multiple health bars, maybe one representing your physical condition and the other representing your mental condition. That could be a really cool idea that I think needs a little bit more exploration. Lastly, 
we talked about how to actually implement these mechanics. And my best piece of advice, I think, was to just figure out where your game is on that abstraction to simulation spectrum and use the mechanics that gel well with where it is on that. Potions work good in fast-paced games. Food and water meters work good on games focused on survival. The key is to make sure that your health system has a purpose and serves the game rather than just being a feature that is in the game, if that makes sense. Find the right place on the spectrum and pick the right mechanics and the health system for your game will be perfect. So yeah, I hope that was a helpful overview on health systems in video games and maybe will help you pick one for yours or maybe help you think about how it might work in your games. Just before I sign off, I wanted to mention that my game Bounce Shot now has an official Steam page. If you just go to Steam and type in Bounce Shot, you can find it. I am taking signups for a beta and while you're there on the store page, if you could wishlist the game, that would really mean a lot to me. Uh, wishlists on Steam are important for the algorithm. So yeah, go sign up for the beta because it'll be fun. I'll have stuff to give away and it'll give you a chance to critique one of my games and help me make it better. And while you're there, just press the wishlist button. It's super easy and it would help me out a ton. With that, I'm going to sign off. I have been Zaccavelli, and I wish my real-life food meter drained as much as it does in Daisy.